I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Well, good morning, guys. I, I, I am freshly out of bed and uh, and uh, I've got my bourbon and my coffee and I am I am ready to podcast. Ooh. I am down for this. <clears throat> How much? So, uh, what, what number gla- cup of coffee are you on? I am on my third cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> that means quality. <laughs> yeah. It's always a good morning when you know Aaron's been drinking. I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> slur the funny. Oh, this is five bucks. <laughs> well, you see, the coffee hyper-caffeinates you, you see. Ah, so that you, you don't have to have the slur. It's good stuff, Paul. It's, it's good, good stuff. stuff. I don't this like is, coffee, but, you know. Um, this I is like a pro alcohol. tip. Pro tip. <laughs> well, you can just have bourbon in your bourbon. Oh, that's what oh. I'd recommend. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It gets rid of that nasty coffee stuff. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So watch that nasty I, coffee I, taste. I, I have been decorating the house for the holidays and whatnot, and I guess that influenced a dream I had last night. And so I, I dreamed that I had been asked to participate in this uh, uh, Christmas play. And so at, I, I appear for the for the Christmas play and, you know, you, you get there early enough so that you can you know, get your get your costume on and you know do all that kind of fun stuff. Well, I get there and they don't have my costume. And so they tell me you'll have to go on naked. Oh. And I'm like, I said, all right. Yeah, not, not a problem. I can do that. But the problem is, is that what, as I'm walking out to the stage ass naked, uh, I realized that I've spent so much time looking for my costume, I didn't have any time to look over my lines. And this is what I think at that point. Well, this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> not the nudity part, the uh, not knowing my lines. You have the most interesting dreams, Aaron. <laughs> this is Freud with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> Someone decipher that dream for us, will you? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know we want that one deciphered. No, I want them all deciphered. I mean, I, I, I do. I, I want to understand the inner workings of Aaron's mind. Are you wanting to put together my profile, Paul, for, for when my ster- serial killing starts? Yes. Yeah. I want to be that guy. I want, to, I want them to make a movie about me. Yeah, the profiler. Paula Ponte is the profiler. I'm the Clarice to your Hannibal Lecter. I, I'm pretty sure that David Boreanaz will play you in the in the TV movie. Ooh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get on that. Hollywood. I'll write it. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't even need to be real. Just, just give me a call. They can't make it till he kills someone. How do you know he hasn't? They can't make it till he gets caught for killing someone. <laughs> There's that. David Boreanaz in the role of his life is. Paula Ponte in the podcast Profiler. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Only on the CW. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. <laughs> I was thinking of theatrical release. Uh, no, no. That's David Boreanaz, man. He's not movie talent. He's TV talent. <laughs> that's true. That's a sci-fi yeah. channel original. That's a lifetime that's right. movie. <laughs> on, a, on a sci-fi channel original <laughs> film. <laughs> this week on Investigation Discovery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you are you guys both amazon prime members yes sir nope uh well uh, i know we had recently spoken about how i uh, i don't remember i know aaron was i don't remember if anyone else was looking forward to jumanji jumanji uh, the movie Jumanji, and there is an Amazon Prime exclusive showing of Jumanji two weeks early. 
Really? Um, yeah, the tickets are on sale on uh, AdamTickets.com, or just check out like The Rock's social media feed. There's a link there. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can see the movie on December 8th. It comes out closer to Christmas. Oh. Um, so I bought my tickets. I'm going to check it out. I mean, I I would imagine it's it, you know it's not a free showing, so it's not like there's going to be a right. line around the block or anything like that. You still have to pay for it. Um, regular movie prices, it's nothing extravagant. Right. Um, but you so, can see it sooner. But you can yeah. see it sooner. I mean, it's Jumanji. It's not like fucking black panther but you know i mean it could be a fun film and i i don't know it's it's, it is interesting that amazon prime has that i would i'm curious to see if i guess based on this if they'll do more like that but another benefit to having an amazon prime membership yeah that's cool did you see i haven't tried it out yet i i I keep seeing it and haven't hit the button but did you see that uh part on, on you know comiXology being owned by amazon they have a an alexa narrated uh justice league uh uh, origin i did see that i have not tried it yet though yeah i haven't either i keep meaning to do it but you know every time i see it i'm like i'll do it later yeah but i i i I like that they're integrating uh their content right so they you know they've got the alexa feature over on on amazon and you know uh, being able to include some of that stuff over on their Comixology product seems kind of cool. Now, if they just turn on one-click ordering in the frickin' app, I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny, because I'm on Android and I've got that. So, so Paul, yeah. why'd you have to open that up? Why'd you do that, Paul? What's wrong with you? Open what up? What'd I do? You, you, you hit the Wayne button. You knew he was going to come in with his Android comment. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know Wayne was an Android user. There is a re- there is a reason why we've got tape over the Wayne button. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even know people used Android anymore. <laughs> well, it's a superior phone. Oh, God. Why? Why did I do it? Why'd you do it, Paul? I mean, uh, you did it again. I mean, I, just keep hitting the Wayne button. <laughs> I hate myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I hate you a lot. <laughs> well, let's... You're, you're just bitter because the Comixology experience is better on Android. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm bitter because my old-ass iPad, like, everything crawls on it now. But I won't go into the my, my tirade about that. Um, instead, let's talk about something that will hopefully bring about nothing but positive comments, which is the Avengers Infinity War teaser trailer that was released this week on Good Morning America and online. Um, you know, our first look at the upcoming movie, it is different than the San Diego Comic-Con footage that screamed over the summer, screamed, it, it yelled at you, um, <laughs> that screened over the summer at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. So, uh, you know, they had Sebastian Stan on Good Morning America, and he introduced the this, uh, I guess it's like a minute and a half, two minutes um, uh, yeah. teaser trailer. I struggle for why they call it a teaser, because there's more footage than is usually in a teaser. Yeah. Well, I think if yeah. it, you know, I think because of the fact that they didn't release anything until May, like you can't release a straight up teaser trailer that's just like the logo um, this late in the game. There's only six months to go. If they had released a trailer per, or a teaser with um, what came out this summer from Marvel, uh, I don't even Thor. know. No, Thor came out in November. What came out in the summer? Spider Spider Man. Spider Man. If they had released a yeah. teaser with Spider Man, then maybe, but. Um, or, or you know, or Thor, but now we're only six months out. You got to show some footage. So we, I thought it was pretty hot. Yeah, I thought it was pretty hot. And I thought yeah. Thanos looked better than we have previously seen him. You know, we, we've seen him in the in credit sequences, uh, and he looked kind of goofy, right? 
uh, I thought that uh, the Thanos uh, piece looked really strong. Um, I, I thought I thought all of it looked good. I, I I really don't have any complaints about the 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 teaser trailer at all. Yeah, I loved everything I saw about it. Uh, it's not a complaint, but I wish they would have started it like they started the San Diego Comic Con footage. I loved that moment, that beginning of Thor smacking against the windshield of the Guardian's ship like now, a bug. I'll admit I did not see the San Diego Comic Con trailer footage because yeah, I I didn't you know it was you know someone with a cell phone or something in the audience and I didn't want to see it because I figured incorrectly. <laughs> that Marvel was just going to release that at some point. Um, but they never actually did. But apparently the San Diego Comic-Con footage was better than the uh, the teaser trailer we got. It showed, like you said, it showed Thor. It showed more Thanos stuff. Um, but I, 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 I liked the trailer. I liked that it showed as many characters as it did. Um, I, liked, I liked the look of Thanos. I wish I had seen more of the Black Order, but you only have two minutes and you've got like 57 heroes and about 14 villains. So, I mean, you you can only get what you can get in a two-minute trailer. Um, but I think th they certainly did what it was intended to, which is um, get me excited to see more. Yeah, I, I love the trailer. So I was expecting it to be the San Diego Comic-Con footage, and it wasn't. It was different. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I loved it. I just wish it would have started with that because that was funny. You know, it's... Uh... It's certainly the cul that you know they're saying it's the culmination of all the Marvel movies to date. Mm -hmm. Twenty two Marvel movies, um, you know it's 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 and it looks like it. it it is cool seeing all those characters. Seeing you know you had Iron Man or you had Tony Stark, I should say, standing next to the Hulk, standing next to Doctor Strange, characters you haven't seen standing next to each other before. Um, you know you had Spider Man in his new costume, which looked pretty badass. Yeah, it looked like his Iron Spider costume, right? It did. It did. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Um, so, so, go ahead. Except. You know, the the uh, the uh, speculation is that this is the last movie we're going to see, uh, certainly Robert Downey Jr. in, um, that this could be the last Chris Evans movie, um, you know, because they're, they're going to re redo the you know what you it won't be the last thor movie it won't be the last captain america movie won't even be the last iron man movie but it will be it, it could possibly be the last film for those actors and that they would bring another actor playing another character taking on the, the mantle of thor uh captain america and iron man i really wonder what that's going to look like yeah yeah i uh I have to say, I really geeked out when Black Panther says the line, get that man a shield. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's talking about badass Chris Evans with his uh, beard. With beard. his beard. Yeah. And I will say, Aaron, they're, they're saying there's one more, right? So this is Avengers 3, but Avengers 4 is Right. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, yeah. Because this is a two-part movie, yeah. right? So yeah. Avengers 4 is supposedly the one that'll see the um, a lot of them maybe in their, their final turns as these characters... Now for that, I would I'm, I'm hesitant um, because there there has to be at least one more movie of transition because other than the Winter Soldier, who has been in as many movies as Captain America, pretty much, I don't really see that. Um, or I shouldn't say as many movies, but has been around as long as Chris Evans has. I don't really yeah. see an opportunity or a character that these roles could transition to. That, I I particularly had that concern around Thor. Um, you know, you don't yeah. have a person there in in his cast of supporting characters who could a pick up the hammer 
you know, uh, Calgary you, you, maybe, but it doesn't seem like they're setting that up, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. And wow, she is so not the right, right actress for that. No. Um, but I do think you're right. I, I think it's going to be lady Thor. Um, I, I think they're, I think they're actually quite foolish if they don't go that way, because I think that that is a, a real big opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't had, uh, Jane Foster in, the last couple movies that Thor was in. Well, and the actress has has uh, you know Natalie Portman has mm-hmm. you know quit the quit the universe, right? Yeah. So, so they would have to recast her if they made it her. Yeah. And I don't think they I don't think they want to do that. I think they uh, I think they'll do something else. So it makes me wonder if we're going to see some characters introduced. Uh, and I'm not I haven't I have not heard that Chris Hemsworth's walking away from Thor. Neither have I. Uh, but but you sure do get the impression that Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are going. Well, and you've heard Chris Hemsworth say numerous times that he wanted a change in the role, wanted something different from the role, was unhappy, was bored. Right. So, you know, he's not talked about quitting, but he certainly mentioned that he's grown tired of the role. Um, right. So we'll see. I, I for me, um, I would. Here's the thing. I don't know that you have a universe without some of those main characters. Uh, right. You know, I, I, you would you would have to, you know, like you said, um, transition to the next in line. But I don't know, again, who who would do that? Like, I don't think you recast Tony Stark. I think you just have a new Iron no. Man. Right. Well, and no. you know, the way that worked in the comic is Rhodey took over Iron Man yep. for a while. Right. And but I, I, I don't the Rhodey. That. The, yeah, yeah. The Rhodey they have in the movies doesn't have the personality to right. headline a movie. Yeah, well, he's fine. He's fine as a supporting character, but he's not. He hasn't been made strong enough to do his own movie. Well, and it's the same thing as you know, as uh, the Winter Soldier is that these actors have been around just as long. So yeah, in theory, yeah. the Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan, could take over for Chris Evans as Captain America, and Sebastian Stan, I think, is strong enough to hold his own film. However, who's to say that he's not going to be bored after or done after four well, films too? He's been in, you know, he's been in it since the beginning. Since Captain and you should won. really go for you should really go for someone younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and I because that's the challenge. I mean, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is pushing sixty, I believe, and you know, it, that you you want to make the move to the to a diff, to a different character. I just don't know who you do that with. I figured for that they might try Falcon Cap, and I do like Anthony Mackie. But yeah. that didn't do so well in the comics. I think, you know, I think we're, I think what we're going to do is we're going to see them branch out into other characters. Um, uh-huh. However, you know, my well, concern is that then you'll get like Great Lakes Avengers or West Coast Avengers type level characters. Well, I do think that you're going to see, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp grow into larger characters. Yeah. Right. Um, Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly. Yes. Uh, I do. I think there's a reason why that she's in that role. I think that she will grow uh, uh, in, in prominence in, 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 uh, in the Avengers. Um, but the question is, is who do they put around her? I mean, certainly black Panther, you know, um, but who else? Cause here's the thing. You can't reboot the universe with different actors. Then you're going to lose your target audience, your core audience that has been supporting the films as long as they have. Well, and I do think it's a mistake to reboot the universe. I think you, you, you change up your characters. I wouldn't call that a reboot, right? Yeah, But how long do you do that for? I mean, twenty years. I you think know, you do it as long as they're making money. As long as they're, as long as they continue to break box office, you don't reboot your universe. Yeah, good point. Good point. You know, you do it when you do it when. Okay, we got to change something because it's not working. But you know, you've got Spider Man now. You know, you've got. You, you, there's a lot going on there. Uh, the challenge is the actors, not the setting, not the not the stories you're telling. 
Yeah, I think if they do, if they switch it up with new characters, I think there's going to be a feel that this is the B team, basically. Yeah. And that's when I think the money will start, you know, start to go away for those movies. Well, and that's why, I mean, the way I see it, you know, you've got your Infinity War, which allows them to elevate some characters and and send some characters out, you know, uh, in, in terrific fashion. And then you do what they did before. You tell single character movies. Yeah. Yeah. Then you, you build their hype and bring them all back together. Yeah. I don't think you do Avengers after that. Avenger, the team with the main characters gone, the team breaks up. You continue the universe with individual movies and you crossovers and things. Maybe you come up with another team, but I don't think they should try to do Avengers if they lose their main three. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest. If Marvel wants to make a billion dollars, just make a Darkhawk movie. I mean, that is a oh, license God. to print money. <laughs> is it? We'll talk about more of that here in a bit. Um, you know, since we're talking about these these big conglomerations of superheroes, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about this week, and I only saw the first half of it. Aaron's seen the first part. Wayne, have you seen any of, of Crisis nope. on Earth X? No, I haven't. Okay, so this week there was the four-part Crisis on Earth X, and we'll talk, touch on a little bit of it um, this week, and maybe, uh, depending on how this conversation goes, we'll see if anyone wants to finish it. Um, so Crisis on Earth X crossed over Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, um, where the superheroes discovered there is a 53rd Earth, Earth X, that is, um, if you are a reader of the comics, is pretty much the Superman Red Sun Earth. Um, you know, where the Nazis have won World War II, um, and, you know, it's just a bad, a bad place. And so Earth-X, um, you know, invades Earth-Zero, I guess, is the Earth of, um, Earth, the proposed Earther of uh, the DC Cinematic, or DC TV, CW TV, I don't know what the hell you want to call it, uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Arrowverse. Um, so, Aaron, you saw the first part. Yeah, I watched Supergirl, which was part one of the story. And I have to say, this is the first Supergirl episode I've watched in more than a year. Same here. Um, And so, you know, when I jumped, when I stopped watching Supergirl, uh, she was beginning to date Mon-El. And so I came in and apparently, you know, she has discovered that Mon-El is married. Um, You know, so so there's that. Um, her sister had just came out, had just come out, uh, when, uh, I had left the, the show and, uh, she's just broken up with Maggie Sawyer, uh, as this, as this episode starts. So the, the, the whole, the whole concept of the episode is that, uh, Barry and Iris, uh, are getting married and as you do, they invited their friends and it doesn't matter. You know, when I was getting married, I was like, well, do we even bother inviting the people who are on the East Coast? I mean, are they really going to come? Well, Barry and Iris are so full of full of themselves that they invited people who are in other dimensions. So because <laughs> because, you know, it's Barry and Iris, they're going to come. And so uh, Supergirl and her sister, you know, travel to Barry's universe to watch them get married. And so you've got characters there from uh, Arrow, you got characters there from Supergirl, you got characters there from Legends of Tomorrow and uh, from Flash. And of course you get all of these guys together and and hijinks will ensue. Um, I was so, 
I was surprised at how I was able to pick up where we were, uh, yeah. given the fact that I, I mean, I literally haven't watched an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow uh, since the first half of the first season. Right. I suspect uh, that's intentional that they. No, no, I'm, I, 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 I'm actually, I applaud that. You know, yeah, I could, I could tune into their event, and I, and I kind of understood what was going on. So no, I, I think that's a, a positive on their, on their, on their part. But I, on the one hand, I was like, ah, maybe I should give Supergirl another chance. Don't get me wrong, I didn't stop watching Supergirl because I didn't like it. I just didn't have time for it. Um, and kind of the same thing with Flash. I, I like both of those shows a great deal. My choice to jump out of Arrow had to do with some of the soap opera qualities of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the on again, off again relationship between uh, uh, Oliver and Felicity, yeah, which seems artificial in nature to me. And that's right up in your face in this episode. And I'm like, man, I, I made the right decision to, to, to jump out of Arrow because it's now been a season and a half since I've watched Arrow. And uh, that was clearly the right decision. Um, all that said, I rather enjoyed this this event. Um, yeah. There are some things that that I I highly object to, Paul. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy about any TV show is that you typically have people writing church services who I don't think have ever been to church. <laughs> um, so the the wedding takes place in a church, and. They don't serve drinks in the pews at church unless it's sacramental wine. (laughs) (laughs) You've got waiters walking around handing people, you know, sparkling water. And I'm like, okay, they don't do that in church. Wow, that's ridiculous. Yes, it is. And I'm like, what fucking moron (laughs) thought that this is actually a thing? Um, So that drove me crazy. Um, another thing is that this was and – and I call it a church, Paul, not a wedding chapel because it had some of the fixtures of an actual church. Yeah. For instance um, – oh, gosh. Uh, White Canary, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Lance. Sarah. So at one point, you know, Sarah and uh, Supergirl's sister are fighting the bad guys, and all of a sudden the incense sensor shows up in her hand. You know, one scene she doesn't have it, the next scene she does. The minute she needs a weapon, it's in her hand. Yeah. Um, Where she obtains it, you assume is right there around that pew, is not any place that anybody ever would have put an incense sensor because those things are dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) She had it hit up her butt. I'm just like, oh, my God. I mean, it just drives me crazy that people write about that kind of stuff and they clearly have never been inside a church before. (laughs) Well, but other than that, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed it a great deal. I mean, those are those are fairly minor nitpicks. And it's something that I nitpick on every TV show, not just this one, uh, because it's fair. I mean, always the 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 trope of everybody writes their own vows drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the same thing. I don't, it's the day of the wedding. I don't know what my vows are going to be, for fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so if it's pretty much the uh, uh, the Red Sun universe, did Superman show up? Uh, no, but no, su- and I, I don't think it's the Red Sun universe because in the in in the comics, Red Sun universe, it, it's still Cold War, right? Uh, good point. Yeah, so maybe it's not. I mean, it's I got the but impression it's a it fascist, kind of it's a universe in which the Nazis win. Yes, and you know the the Uber Girl or Over Girl, I can't remember what they what they call her in this. Um, she's got, instead of having the Superman S on her chest, she's got that, uh, um, 
the SS. SS. Yeah. You know, from uh, from the Nazis. And so what was that Elseworlds book where it was it was. uh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, because that was was what Superman had on his chest in that book. I'm trying to remember. Well, uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't recall the name of it. But it was like a it was like a dark side book, wasn't it? Wasn't dark side involved in that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think it was called Superman, the dark side. I that is exactly what it was called. Thank you, Paul. I knew we'd get there in a second. <laughs> I thought it was really well done. I thought I, I was very entertained and I plan to watch the rest of it. Yeah. And I will, too. I've, I saw the first two episodes and I will say, um, at least in the second episode, uh, but the action is super well choreographed. Um, I mean, some of the best fighting sequences I've seen on television, um, some amazing camera work. Um, I was, I was blown away with the second part. Some of the fight sequences are just stupid good. And and that's, can I say though, that, that nobody seems to be concerned that the minister was destroyed, (laughs) that he was annihilated in the first moments of that fight. And everyone's like, are you okay, Iris? Sorry about our wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) So Aaron really had a problem with the church scene. Yeah. Did the uh, minister at least sign their paperwork beforehand? Because no. otherwise, they're not married. It, they're not married. Does anyone does, does anyone have uh, just cause to uh, object to this wedding? Kerzap! <laughs> and I mean, like, like disintegrated. Yeah. Right. And I mean, nobody cares. I mean, I kept thinking that you know, poor Father Jim, you know, what would happen at the, later in that episode. But there is no nod applied to uh, <laughs> to the fact that he died. And I, I'm really curious about this because uh, they send the guy from Legends of Tomorrow, the bad guy. I can't remember. He's like uh, Heat Wave, the fire guy, Rory. Uh, they send him out with his men in black, you know, mind wiper to wipe all the all the guests memories so that everyone's secret identities stay intact. I'm curious as to what they say about Father Jim, though. <laughs> Doesn't sound like they uh, they thought of that. Yeah, I'm just like nobody seems to care that this this guy who's just there and, and he. I mean, I get it. He says at the beginning, "I don't know you guys very well," uh, yeah. but <laughs> Kurzap, Kurzap, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, well, like I said, I, besides those issues, I enjoyed what I've seen so far. I, I I agree with Aaron, which is that I have not seen any episode of anything. In this season or last season. I, I saw the first episode of Supergirl last season when Superman was on it. But that is wow. the last I've seen that was of the last, either show. That is exactly. I, I watched when Superman was on and then and then I just didn't have time for it after that. So I haven't watched this season, but I watched all of last season of all of these. So I'm further caught up than you guys, at least. Other than the, the new Mr. Terrific and Black Siren... Uh, not Black Siren, Black, Can- Black Canary, and a, a couple of additional characters. Um, I I pretty much was knew what I could get and knew what I needed to know um, based on the, what they told me. And so I thought that was effective, uh, like you. I, I thought it was um, like, it, it, it felt like a crossover should. I mean, it is a yeah. well-done crossover. If you pick up a copy of the next big crossover, you should be able to know what's going on without necessarily having to have read the the three years of comics before. And I, I right. felt very comfortable with the story. Um, so I, I recommend checking out crisis on earth X. It's available on the CW TV app for free. If you don't, um, you know, uh, if you missed it or didn't DVR it. So, um, I, I will say one of the thing, one of the nice things about watching the show beyond the show itself was that I got to see the commercial for black lightning. Yes. Which I, is coming I am, in January. 
You know what? I'm not super excited for it. I'm black sided for it. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna pre- I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. That is not uh, the show title. <laughs> but I do. I I want to go out and find that now on YouTube because I haven't seen it. Well, I mean, it's just a teaser. Yes. But uh, I, I was I did not realize it was coming so soon. Neither I knew it was I. coming. I didn't realize that it was coming in January, and I am I am. I love me some Black Lightning, and I'm hoping that this opens up uh, not just his rogues gallery, but also perhaps milestone characters. Um, I, I think that would be. I mean, it it just seems so organic to in, to introduce a live action static. Uh, I agree. In, yeah. in Black Lightning. And you could you could have it be a spinoff of Black Lightning. Absolutely. If it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, they've done, I mean, other than than Legends of Tomorrow, I think they've done a really good job with those CW shows. Yeah. I mean, the first Um, and second seasons are generally pretty good on most of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, speaking of uh, DC TV, there was an image released earlier this week of the new Robin. That was pretty uh, Yeah, from the new um, Titans show that's going to premiere on the new DC streaming service. So, yeah, it looks hot. I mean, Dick Grayson looks fantastic in the Robin outfit. So I know nothing about this show. Is this live action? Is this so? Wow! Um, there's an upcoming DC series called Titans coming from Akiva Goldman, Jeff Johns, Sarah Schechter, and Warner Brothers TV. It's slated to premiere in 2018 as part of the first slate of new DC branded direct to consumer digital service of the new. Um, DC uh, service. So there, there is a DC streaming service coming out, much like there's a Marvel service, not Marvel, but Disney service coming out. Um, and uh, one of the premier things is both, uh, there's a new Young Justice animated series and a new live action uh, Titans that spar- stars Brenton Thwaites, um, who was in uh, the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean film as uh, the son of Orlando Bloom. Spoilers, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and he plays Dick Grayson. Uh, but not Dick Grayson Nightwing. He plays Dick Grayson Robin, uh, probably because I'm assuming Dick Grayson Nightwing is going to be in the upcoming Nightwing film. Uh, I would have. I would hope it would be a story arc of Titans that maybe in season two he grows into the role of Nightwing. But maybe at some point. I mean, you've got two flashes now, so I think they're less concerned about that stuff. So yeah, I, I got to say it looks really good. Yeah. I, I really hate that everyone's doing their own streaming services, but <laughs> the Disney and uh, DC ones are worth it to me. Hey, I've, at least I plan on getting content. both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at least they'll have content, not like CBS All Access. Um, yeah, what DC I, will get me with is you know if you have all those classic DC animated shows. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. and, and all the movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. If it's strictly DC, you are limited on content, but there's still plenty there. So yeah. If they can do all of the old uh, Adam West Batman, there's going to be a lot of uh, streaming for that. But the animated stuff is what I'm really interested in. Like you were saying, Paul, the Batman, the animated series and uh, all the various Superman, the animated yeah. series. And yeah, yeah, exactly. All of it. I'm talking Super Friends. I'm talking the, the Batman adventures. I'm talking the whole schmear. Because let's be honest, but, you I know, own all the Tim stuff, the Bruce Tim stuff on DVD already. Yeah. So to yeah. get me, give me something I don't already own. Well, and think about it this way. It becomes their own channel outlet so that when they're at a convention like Comic-Con, they can actually live stream through that app their panels. Yeah. 
I mean, that's one of those things. I mean, you see that on some of the web services offer that during the during the big conventions. But this is a way for DC to talk directly to their fans at the same time they're talking to their fans at in San Diego. You know, yeah, I, 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 I think it's I think it's a I think it's a, it's going to be great for them. And the market is there and they will they will provide original content. They'll provide their archives. I, I'm excited about it. I, I will absolutely do that for DC. I'm not so sure I'll do it for Marvel. Well, I'm going to do it for Marvel. Well, I, I shouldn't say Marvel. It's Disney. So I'm, I'm absolutely going to do it for Disney because they've already announced there's going to be a new Marvel show, a new Star Wars show. And... Oh, yeah. The Star Wars live action thing is going to be there, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the yeah other I way... guess I am doing the Disney thing. <laughs> the other thing I'm hoping for Disney-wise, and I don't know that they'd be able to get the uh, the rights to it, is the old 90s Spider-Man animated series and X-Men animated series. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they can get the licenses for those because uh, I don't remember who actually produced them. But Yeah, I don't remember. Fox, I mean, they were on Fox, but I don't know who actually did the animation. Well, so. and think of all on, you know, for, uh, for instance, the, the DC uh, streaming service. Think of all the, like, documentaries they can run. Right. Oh, yeah. For instance, I just watched this weekend the uh, Adam West documentary called Starring Adam West. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fantastic. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, no. but it was amazing. Hmm. I, I, I really I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, no, it I've not seen really it. It, sh- it, it tells the story of Adam and his career, but it also you know tells the story of uh, him getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, Wayne, you'll be interested in it because Ralph Garman's in it quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It is really good. I think it's on HBO this month. Wow. HBO has has run a lot of uh, superhero movies this month, and so I've been I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one final bit of TV news, and speaking of streaming, um, you know, it was announced just the other day that the new Sabrina show. We talked about how there was going to be a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a TV series coming out is not going to be on the CW, but rather on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, which is good and bad, right? Bad because right. it's not tied into the existing Riverdale that already has a pretty loyal core following. Um, but good because it opens them up to being more mature. And that's probably yeah. why they did it. And you know what? I kind of get that, too, because I don't think they want to tie it to that Riverdale because then they'd have to have supernatural you know, elements in it. Yeah. And Riverdale doesn't have any of that. No, it's dark and creepy, but it's not supernatural. Exactly. So, well, should be interesting regardless. Okay, well, in this week's comics, you know, we were just talking about Robin and the Titans. Well, it is a fifth week this week, which means that because DC is on this kind of bi-weekly, monthly type schedule, um, the fifth weeks, we generally get a lighter load of comics. But I will tell you, this week wasn't like that for me. <laughs> um, and partially because every book I bought was either three ninety nine or, in the case of our next two books, four ninety nine with these DC annuals. Yeah, yeah I spent $29 nice. this week. Yeah, I only bought two books, so mine was pretty cheap. But I will say I, I appreciated the lighter load-ish. Uh, given how much money I spent in Black Friday sales on Comixology. Fair so. point. Fair point. 
<laughs> well, we talked a little bit last week about, well, at the end of last week's episode, I had mentioned that this week's Super Sons annual would focus on Crypto and Titus in a story written by Pete Tomasi with art by Paul Pelletier. Um, and so I, I'm just going to make a, a quick comment here uh, before uh, I let you guys dive into the books as dog lovers that you are. I freaking love the art on this book. Yeah, the art is um, beautiful. Yeah, Paul Pelletier, you know, he's done work for... he's. I've seen most of his stuff on Marvel, really. I haven't seen him on DC in a while. Um, so I, I love the, I love his artwork. Um, you know, he, he spent most of the book drawing animals, but I love the way he draws humans. Um, but really enjoyed the art on this book. So I'm going to let you guys take it away as the dog lovers that you are. <laughs> Get it, Wayne. All right. Well, this issue was kind of a throwaway issue. Not going to add anything to any of the storylines. I, it doesn't, I don't know how it's in continuity in any way. And it's the first we've seen, as far as I know, in the New 52 or even post anything post crisis of Streaky, the super cat. All that said was fun. I enjoyed <laughs> it. And I was incredibly happy to see Detective Temp Chimp show up. Yeah, you know, anytime you've got Detective Chimp, that's a winner for me. Um, yeah. But like yourself, I was like, um, where did this uh, Plasty Bird come come from? Yes, that was the yeah. other one. It's like, I don't even and, know what this character. I've never heard of Clay Critter, which apparently is uh, Clayface's. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. dead anyway, so. Yeah, who apparently died at some point in their last mission, which means <laughs> Crypto and uh, Streaky don't talk to each other. Right. Um, it was an interesting book in that, you know, there's a lot of dialogue between the pets. And so it's a lot of meow and are off and, Rrr, you know, uh, kind, kinds of dialogue. Um, but I I was very charmed by the book. I was particularly amused by how uh, Titus and Crypto get around. Crypto puts a harness harness and leash on uh, on uh, Titus and just hauls him through the sky. <laughs> and that bat cow is the one that provided the uh, the harness. Yeah, um, I'm real curious. They never show you how bat cow gets from place to place. No, but bat cow just kind of shows up later yeah. on. They're all there. There's yeah. bat cow. Yeah, I noticed I, but, that too. But it, but you know, they don't yeah, need to. Yeah, and you don't, and you don't need to take this book seriously, right? I mean, that's the thing. Is it's just a fun book. Uh, yeah, it's not in the, it's not important to anything or anyone. It's just fun, and I just get a kick out of seeing crypto doing stuff. Uh, yeah, there were some things I really enjoyed too about uh, just Damien and John. Like early on, when they're finishing up their first mission, Damien is giving John all kinds of shit about you know his name, right? Because he says uh, he starts to say Superboy, and he says like Blarg or something. Right. So he's harassing him about super blarg. And uh, Jonathan makes the comment of, you know, you talk a lot more since we've been de working together. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great book. I, I particularly liked the uh, the uh, harshness between Streaky and Crypto. And then you get a sense that Streaky secretly has a crush on Crypto. Yeah, they do the little heart. <laughs> I, I, I hate him, but I love him. Yes. And it's all bitterness because he... She blames him for uh, what did they call it? The whatever the Clayface pet Clay was. Critter. Clay Critter. Clay Critter's death. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I dug this book. I thought I thought it was enjoyable. But yeah, I'm 
I am curious as to I feel like there was a story that was written that we've not seen. And I know that I when they brand it as, you know, the League of Super Pets or whatever, uh, I tend to not pick up those books. But so I, I I'm curious about this other story. Uh, yeah. Detective Chimps particularly mentions that his life was saved. Right. During uh, one of the recent crossovers by crypto. Yeah. But I, I thought it was a winner. It was. I, I thought it was a winner. So you know, uh, uh, I, I I do not begrudge the four ninety nine that I spent on this book. I was highly entertained. And it was brilliant of them to bring in Detective Chimp so they could have some actual dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, while this book was just fun, you know, it was kind of it was kind of like eating cake. Um, I there is meat and potatoes and soul nourishment going on over in the Batman annual this week. Yes, there is. I, I mean, I am this book. I fucking loved this book paul yeah i i thought i thought this was beautifully drawn beautifully told i was so not expecting the story that we got now so it, this story is a kind of it jumps forward and backwards in time and it it, it even says on the cover um something about uh date nights and last rites uh, right. Because it jumps back and backwards and forwards in the relationship of Batman and Catwoman to their first meetings and their their final days together as a married couple, an elderly married couple, where you find out that um, I'm, I'm assuming it was cancer, uh, you know, yes. that, that 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 Bruce Wayne, Batman, um, is, is outlived by Catwoman because of cancer. Um, cancer is what takes him out. Um, at a yep. ripe old age. And, you know, it, it is both heartbreaking, but also happy that, you know, they found happiness in life and, and stayed married long enough for him to die of old age. And, of course, this is a story that we'll never see actually come to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, it's it's Tom King putting his stamp on his way that he would have ended the Batman story. Well, and just beautiful, beautiful pages, uh, gut-wrenching pages. Yeah, Lee uh, Weeks. And, uh, I mean, you know, oh, I'm God. a huge Lee Weeks fan to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he just really nails it. The, these these very tender moments between you know Catwoman and Batman, um, and you know the, the more we run through this relationship that Tom King is rolling out for us, uh, the less I hate them calling each other Bat and Cat. You know, in this book, it didn't bother me near as much as it's bothered me in other books. Yeah, I, I think I'm just getting used to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, anyway, I, I dug it. I dug it. I dug it hard. Me too. And you know what else I dug this week, Aaron? I fear you're going to tell me it was Darkhawk. You should <laughs> fear. Don't fear the return of Darkhawk in Marvel <laughs> Legacy number Darkhawk number fifty one. Um, it, it, it written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, art by Kev Walker, and I will tell you, I almost didn't pick up this book as, but though I was a huge Darkhawk fan fan back in the nineties, um, you know, I, uh, I I certainly was like, eh, after reading that Master of Kung Fu book that I hated, these Marvel Legacy one shots, not a big fan of them. However, once I saw Kev Walker was on art, Kev Walker, um, who did a bunch of art on Thunderbolts that I enjoyed, um, when Jeff Walker was Kev writing Walker. it. Yeah. yeah, Kev Walker, Kev Rocker, Kev Rocker, Kev Walker rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have to say there is. I would not call this book new reader friendly. No, and it wasn't a problem for me because I was a big Darkhawk fan back in the day. But yeah, definitely not a new reader friendly book. And they do give some history and kind of try to do some introductions of the character, but it is very, very steeped in Darkhawk's history. 
yeah, it is a book that is intended for Darkhawk fans. Um, and, and, and I think it certainly does that fan service well. I, I don't know about you, Wayne, but I really enjoyed it. I, mean, I did, too. I, I, it, I thought it was a good book. It called so much nostalgia for me for the character because I've always loved that character. And I really enjoyed just beginning to end. I enjoyed the book. I don't know how I feel about the new look, the updated armor, because I thought the, yeah. I thought the costume looked already cool as it was. It didn't need to be updated. But other than that, I was really happy with it. And I'm hoping they do something with it. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the sales of this book. Um, I, I, it's, and I don't know that it's going to do well enough to bring Darkhawk back, but it's, you know, I've not, obviously, I know Darkhawk has come back a couple of times since the run in the 90s, and I've not really kept up with the character since. Um, but if they found a way to reintroduce that character in a way that made him um, relevant, I would be all about it. Yeah, I definitely would, too. I mean, I've seen him in a few things. It's one of those things where they bring the characters back, I think, every so often just so they don't uh, lose, like, publication rights or copyright or whatever it is on them. Yeah. And like I said, any day now, Aaron and Wayne, Darkhawk the movie. <laughs> oh, 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 dear. License to print money. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to be your new Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screw Iron Man. Oh, that... <laughs> That would be awesome. He's going to no, be the new no, head it's, it's, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It would be the opposite of awesome. <laughs> Amazing? Is that the is that the opposite? Amazing? No, no. no. Astonishing? Awful. awful, I think, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of awful things. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so I picked up Gabriel Rodriguez's Stored of Ages, and, and Aaron, um, you know, had an interest in it, too. So we, we both picked this book up. Now, I picked it up based on the strength of Gabriel Rodriguez's art on Lock and Key, um, the book written by Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. A uh, huge fan of that series, loved it, loved the storytelling on it, and especially loved the Gabriel Rodriguez art. Um, so I went ahead and picked up Sword of Ages uh, because he is both the writer and artist on this book. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we, we have expressed concern previously about writer or artists who do writing on books mm -hmm. and just how wordy they tend to get. Yeah. And this book was like exhausting, exhausting. <laughs> I mean, this book was a, a, a prime example of that. I mean, there's, I, I, I turned to the second page and I, I actually put it down and I'm like, Shh, I'm just going to come back to this later. And I did. I did finish it, but it was a bear. Well, and what's what's hysterical is that there is so much narrative in yeah. the book. And yeah, you're looking at it going, wow, you don't need all this, right? But for there to be so much narrative in the book, there is this wild jump that takes place on the fourth page that, I mean, it makes you – makes you assume a number of things that they could have just told you because they've had so much other text. Yeah. Um, I, I think these pages are gorgeous, Paul. Okay. Um, I, I think that he does a, a brilliant job in drawing these pages, but he's, he's spending so much time writing the words that he's not doing a very good job telling the visual story. I would agree. Um, so while the while the artwork is beautiful, I don't feel like he's he is supporting his narrative, and certainly the narrative doesn't support the art. Um, it, he he has he's he, he's spending so much time trying to write it. 
that I feel like he's doing neither one of those jobs particularly well, even though the pages look gorgeous. They just don't tell a a uh, a uh, visual story that's understandable. Yeah. Um, and that's really sad because I get what he's trying to do. You know, this is a this is an Arthur story, right? Um, and he's kind of he's kind of turned it on its head. So it's an Arthur story taking place in a sci-fi setting, not unlike Star Wars. Um, you know, it's a lived-in universe. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is some some things that seem mystical going on. There's some science stuff going on. And you know, you've got characters whose names come from the Arthur legend or very similar to the Arthur legend. Like I noticed that the main character's mother is named Egrin, which seems based on the Middle English version of Arthur's mother, which was Egarn, right? Yeah. Um, you know, her her brother is Morgan. Um, you know, Arthur's sister was Morgan Le Fay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are a lot of similarities. And so instead of like Lancelot, you've got like Lance Beekeeper or something. <laughs> I can't remember Beekeeper. the name. Yeah, it was something. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it, it is very much an Arthur story. But, you know, instead of having Arthur, uh, a young man who pulls the sword from the stone, you've got a young woman who's named Avalon. And, of course, Avalon also comes from the Arthur mythos. So, you know, clearly an Arthur story going on here. I think her mot- motorcycle driver is Merlin. I'm guessing that that's who that, who that guy is supposed to be. Yeah. There are some interesting things here. I just don't know that I've got the patience – uh, for him to figure it all out, uh, the writer, I mean, because uh, it was brutal slogging through this book. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely out of this book. Yeah, I mean, it was it was 23 pages uh, of art in the book, and there is an additional 16 pages of back matter. Um, it was all I could do to get through those 23 pages, and I felt like, oh my god, did I really get through 39 pages? No, you just got through 23. But it felt like 40. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was awful. And I hate to say that. I want to support the new guy and his thing. But this whole uh, I, I feel like uh, artists as writers should really try their hand on, on telling shorter stories first and work really hard with an editor. You know, this is done over at IDW, and I think IDW did him a disservice by not having a strong editor work with him and say, this is too many words. Yeah. It's a visual medium, too many words. Tell you, you are a visual storyteller. Tell your story visually. If you can't do that, you're doing it wrong. So I, I just, I was disappointed in how poorly the story was told. Yeah. Because so. I do think there are some grains of an interesting story there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just don't know that I'm going to get to it. Yeah. No, definitely not. Because, I mean, this this was brutal. <laughs> it was just brutal. And I, you know, again, I hate to say that. I do too. But, you know, I didn't, did not care for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Paul. Yes, well, sir. maybe there'll be something next week that we care for. What's coming out? Well, speaking of excellent art, Chris Somney and Mark Wade, their second <gasps> part of Captain America... Uh, issue 696 comes out next week. Yeah. Did you guys read the first part of it? Yes, and yes. Wayne, you have to read it. It was awesome. I, mean, I didn't realize that Mark Wayne and Chris Omni were on it until the preview for next week. So I was very curious if you guys have read that first part. I will pick it up, and I'll pick up part two as well, just because it's... Mark Wade and Chris Omni. Yeah. I'm going to give him a it shot. So... Again, Wayne doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wayne, <laughs> this is so ridiculously 
at least the first issue. I've not, you know, the second issue comes out next week. Um, it is so ridiculously a Wayne book. You are going to love it. I genuinely feel that you're going to be all about it. So also next week from Image Comics, Witchblade number one, uh, the return of Witchblade uh, comes out next week. I think I'm going to I'm going to give the new Witchblade a shot. Who's what's the team? Um, you know, it's actually someone I'm not familiar with. Caitlin Kittredge is the uh, writer. Um, art by Roberta Ingranada. Um, so uh, an all-female team, it looks like. But I'm 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 certainly interested. I, you know, I used to love the Witchblade books under uh, Ron Mars's pen, um, with art by Stepan Sayic. So I'm going to give it a shot. It's been okay, a couple of years do that. since we've had Witchblade. You do that, Paul. Yeah, I'll report you get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, from DC Comics, Batman White Knight number three. We've, we have enjoyed that storyline quite a yeah. bit. Um, also, uh, you know, we talked about Tom King's work on the Batman annual. Well, the new issue of Tom King's run on Batman, Batman number 36, featuring art by Clayman, is the first part of Super Friends, um, a Batman-Superman team-up. Um, and speaking of Superman, in the pages of Superman number 36, we have the conclusion of Imperious Lex. And the most important book that comes out next week for everyone to read is Batman... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, issue number one. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you uh, dark hawk that one, Paul. I will read that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, Wayne's going to read it, exactly. Yeah. James Tinian the fourth, Freddie Williams the second. Um, really enjoyed the first uh, series. Yeah, the first one was so good. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'll give it a shot. Sign me up. Yeah, you go, Paul. I will. You go, Wayne. <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, this has been another very exciting week. Of funny books there in Polly and Wayne. Uh, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Well, wait, Aaron. What, what what do we what? have coming next week? You mean this coming week? This coming week. We've got another exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Yes. We're going to be talking about Very this exciting. first issue of um, Star Trek Discovery from IDW. As well as the latest issue of Boldly Go. Plus all your Star Trek news and a show topic. I know that's crazy talk, isn't it? It is. It's a little it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. So yeah, stay tuned right here in this space at IOMGeek.com. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit MarkAndrewPope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of IdeologyOfMadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.